you're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, daily conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 169, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says that if you woke up this morning, you can be sure that God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it is your job to seek Him and find out what that is. So joining me on today's show is Mimi Daniels. Mimi is a mother of seven children, a grandmother of five, and a great-grandmother of three. She has been a Bible teacher for over 35 years and she's also the author of Pearls, The Treasures of God's Presence. Now it is a Bible study through the entire book of Proverbs and the book includes journal pages and it's formatted for individual study or of course group studies. Now the book came about through her journey of recovery from extreme domestic violence and God has moved through being a victim to a survivor to a victorious overcomer and she now wants to help other women to get to the place where they are completely surrendered to God and he is able to completely heal them and raise them up to live an abundant life that Jesus died to give them. Now on today's show Mimi is going to share the dangers of making decisions out of fear. She's going to talk about the dangers of allowing bitterness and unforgiveness to remain in your life as well as God has given us kingdom authority here on earth to overcome sin. So welcome to the show, Mimi. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So many um, key things you're going to talk about today. And of course, it's on a topic which uh, many women, sadly, are struggling with today. Men too, but particularly women here in Australia. Uh, we just noticed a post that uh, 35 women have been killed in, in a very short time frame, unfortunately, by men in, in domestic violence. And so there is such a an opportunity to speak truth and hope and grace and, and forgiveness in this area. But it certainly is one that, uh, yeah, and sadly, many, many women are struggling with. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to share. Uh, 35 years, a Bible teacher, what a wealth of uh, knowledge, I'm sure, and insights. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? I know it's probably a difficult question because you'd probably have many. But uh, <laughs> through your life, has there been one or two that have really held, held close to you? Well, I think Romans 15, 13, when it talks about the hope that bubbles over inside of us as Christians, there is no hole that we can dig for ourselves mm -hmm. that is too deep for Christ to pull us out of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that that is the main, main message of my ministry is hope for women. Yes. Women get lost in this, um, in this cycle of abuse mm -hmm. and... Um, more more than likely, their self-image is totally destroyed by the their partner. Yeah. Um, and they stop viewing themselves as Christ sees them. Mm -hmm. 
they start viewing themselves as their partner sees them, which is a loser and no good and worthless. And, you know, um, so I think that there's the hope that Christ, when we come back to Christ and we start seeing ourselves as he sees us mm. and as the word of God tells us that he sees us, then we always have hope and we can overcome anything. Yes, we certainly can. And I think, you know, often when we hear about situations that occur, uh, it is the ongoing um, being told that you're unworthy, that you're hopeless, and, and, and certainly the labels, if you will, that you've just shared. We, we begin to believe that, don't we? And we get stuck right. in that cycle. And uh, so let's, let's talk about this, the dangers of making decisions out of fear. Mimi, what do you mean when you say that? Well, I think fear is used by the enemy in so many ways. And he's, he's so subtle to slip it into our lives where we don't even realize that that's what our motivation is. Mm -hmm. That's, we have to really search our hearts deep to figure out why we do things and why we make the decisions that we make. Because fear is hidden down in there somewhere a lot of the times and we don't even recognize it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And then once we've made a decision out of fear and not faith, then that opens a door for him, the enemy, to come in and just wreak havoc in our lives. He can blind us to God's wisdom so that we can't even make wise decisions to get out of, of the mess that we've just gotten ourselves into. Mm -hmm. um, and then we begin to feel hopeless and worthless. And we think that God is mad at us and there's nothing that we can do to get out of this. It's, yeah. you know, and then we, we just cycle downward. Yes, yes. So if you think about some of the things maybe you've experienced and looking back, you know, insights um, that we have from even some of the most significant traumatic experiences, there are always learnings when we're able to get through that, heal through that and, and then look backwards. So what are some of the things, as you say, that we are making decisions out of fear that we really need to take a step back and then be able to make clearer decisions through faith rather than fear. What are some of the most common things that you see occurring? Well, I know in my own life, um, I was a single parent of uh, five children for um, 11 years. And uh, so, you know, being a single parent of five children is, is a task in itself. But, um, also, my youngest was 18 years old, and I began to think, oh my goodness, I've had a house full of children all these years, and what am I going to do when he's gone, when he graduates from high school and moves on with his life, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be alone? And so, you know, I started, you know, getting online and, and looking for men to date, mm -hmm. and that was made out of fear. That decision was based on my fear of the empty nest. And what is the next chapter of my life going to look like? Mm. Instead of, you know, trusting God that he has another chapter for me and this is not the end and I'm not going to fall off the edge of the earth, but to, to step out on my own and make that decision based on fear led me into a horrible relationship mm. um, with a man that really, really damaged me. And it took me years to overcome that. Um, it's been a nine year long journey, really. Mm -hmm. And most women, when they're in an abuse, uh, in an abusive relationship, they think, 
if I can get out of it, if I can get out of it safely, if I can find a place to live, if I can get a job, if I can, if I can, if I can, mm. all these things happen, but they don't really think about the wounds that are deep in their soul yes. from this relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, like overcoming the bitterness and learning to forgive. That is crucial yeah. to your walk with God. And so the most important thing I think that I can tell women is you need to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's going to bring all this other stuff into your life. He's going to bring, you know, your car and your job and a place to stay. He'll take care of all of that as long as you focus on him. Mm -hmm. and your relationship with him and going deeper with him. Yeah, so true. And I think, you know, for, for people that are listening today, I mean, there's so many different resources and opportunities, people that they can certainly speak to. I don't know if you've got some resource that you, resources that you can share. I mean, of course, everybody's situation is going to be different. But, if, of course, if there's a real fear for their life, um, there's mm -hmm. certainly, um, I, I don't know whether you can speak into that. But let's talk about a situation where we can all, Almost, if you look back to the relationship as it was just starting, were there warning signs? So maybe we can look at various stages that there are alerts that we can say, well, hang on a minute, do I really want to continue this relationship to? What if you are in this relationship? And I know particularly in the church, when there is an abuse going there, sometimes it can be really difficult to, number one, talk about it. Number two, from a pastor, if you're thinking, you know, and even elders in the church, how do we deal with this? You know, sometimes we don't know how to deal with it and therefore we we don't really want to delve into that so let's see if we can give um, them some resources and some insights certainly to, uh, to to take away from today so if you look back to the relationship as you were just starting to get to know this man were there warning signs that you can say you know what in hindsight this should have been if I didn't make the decision out of fear I probably would have seen this great big red stop sign to say stop this is not a relationship I want to enter into <clears throat> Right. And, and, you know, and I can say his relationship with his family was very, very poor. And he didn't seem to respect his daughter or his ex-wife. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that, that is a big red flag right there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think the enemy uses our faith against us. That's exactly what he wants to do. So, you know, this man turned himself, he found out what my dream man was and turned himself into it. Yes. Um, and then eventually, you know, you know, you can only keep that, that facade up so long and then the real person comes out. Mm. And so when he began to lose his temper and just over ridiculous things that were just not even worth getting mad about, but he would get mad and lose his temper completely and just flare up and be mad for two weeks. Mm. And, you know, the devil comes along and says, well, you're a good Christian, so you have to forgive him mm -hmm. and you have to give him unconditional love and give him grace and give him mercy. And then, you know, the relationship will begin to heal and it'll work. Mm -hmm. And so the devil uses your own faith and your own Christian beliefs against you yes. to take you deeper into this relationship mm -hmm. because you think, well, if I'm a good Christian, you know, and I show him the love of Christ, then his heart's going to soften and everything will be fine. Mm. And so you keep on forgiving him and making excuses for him and, you know, uh, making allowances for him to mistreat you. Yes. And you stay there hoping that 
things will get better and you'll have more of a ministry to him and you can speak into his life. All these things that really in, in hindsight, I should have said, well, that's it and broken it off right <laughs> yeah. there. But I didn't, you know. Yeah. I think also too, you know, and, and all of the things that you're saying there, yes, there could be an opportunity, but I think when we look at individuals, there's only so many things that we can do on behalf. And I think in one of the previous shows that we recorded today was that whilst we can control our own thoughts, our feelings, what we allow us to impact us, we can never change someone else's attitude, yeah. approach. And there's a fine line, and sometimes that line is actually wider when we actually step back. It's a huge sign right. that when it comes, how they react, and you said, how do they respond and react to situations? Is it flying off the hand? Look, anger is an emotion, but how we deal with that, how we relate to others, that is going to be really a sign. Is, is, is this person need to do some incredible healing on their own and not expect you know someone else to, to be that person that heals? Uh, for him so that's a, a huge huge uh, warning sign for for sure when it when someone finds himself then in that relationship what are some things that looking back again you could have done or maybe that you did do to get yourself remove yourself out of that relationship to safety if you will and, and not continue to live that cycle trying to to rescue that other person and, and heal them right. what are some right. things that you can share today well you know, I, we were together three years and we went to counseling and hit, the counselor showed me his anger cycle, which was like every three or four months. And you could see it begin to build and you could see the stress begin to happen in our relationship. Apparent, you know, seemingly out of nowhere, it would just begin to build and you could see it, you could feel it. You could start, you would start walking on eggshells kind of thing waiting for this blow up to happen. You knew it was going to happen, but you didn't know where it was going to happen or when it was going to happen. And I would pack up and leave when it happened. Mm -hmm. And I left him 12 times. And every time I would leave him, he would just fall apart and just, oh, I love you so much. And you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And please come back and it'll never happen again. And so, you know, I went back into that. Now in my book, I talk about something that I have named the pink fog. Mm -hmm. And the pink fog is when, is when women have sex with a man, okay? Mm -hmm. The man is, is wired totally different from a woman. And they can, they can have sex with a woman and walk away and never see her again. Mm -hmm. Women throw their whole emotions and heart into that. Mm -hmm. And so that pink fog settles over your mind Okay. And you don't see things clearly mm. after that. Yeah. It's truly remarkable how all your friends can say, this guy's no good. This guy's wrong for you. This guy's hurting you. And you truly cannot see it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that one act of, of entering into a sexual relationship and crossing that boundary into a sexual relationship really cripples a woman mm. to see clearly what kind of a man she has, yeah. you know, in the Bible, it says to stand back and not, not go into the sexual relationship until after marriage yes. so that you have a chance to stand back and examine him and look at his character mm -hmm. and look at the decisions he makes and how he treats other people and really, you know, and be 
unattached to him, so to speak, so that you can clearly see what kind of a person you're getting into that relationship with. Yeah. But yeah. once once you fall into that sexual relationship, mm. your mind is so clouded that it's very, very difficult for you to really see reality. Yeah. And I think, you know, from the point of view of um, people who are listening and watching today that may not have experienced that, I mean, that is such important insights because often if we have a friend or a colleague or someone in our church that is going through that, we just can't understand. Can't you see that? And that is because through ongoing things that have happened, um, you do, your judgment, begin, you know, gets clouded. And of course, you've got the enemy and even people saying, you know, you need to forgive, you need to forgive. But I think if your safety and your emotional, uh, you know, abuse can be emotional abuse, all sorts of a, a abuse Absolutely. and, you know, physical abuse. I mean, that kind of for me is like that one, that, you know, again, but here I am judging. and I certainly don't want to do that at all. Um, that really is a warning sign. And I think what you said was just the key to everything. how he or she responds to other people. What you say is, is, you know, words we say, your actions speak much louder. And if they're saying, well, you're different, I would never do that to you or speak about you in that way. Well, what's the fine line that actually then gets you to cross over to say, to speak to me like that or, or certainly act to me exactly. in, in that way too, which is so important. All right, so we've got some other steps there that you've, you've said um, we need to be mindful. What would you say to someone then who has a friend or a colleague or someone who you can see is walking down that path to and establishing a relationship with someone who you just have that feeling that something is, is not right? Would Could someone have said something to you, Mimi, that may have changed your mind and not continued? So. No. I really don't think so. Yeah. I. And my girlfriend, you know, we've been friends for 38 years. She's a wonderful Christian woman. And um, when she found out that I was in this relationship, she did everything she could to get close to me and to just stay close to me, to be a companion to me, to be somebody that I could go to and talk to and share my fears and my feelings and my problems with mm. and just listen, just mm. be someone to listen to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when the time was right, she said, you know, why don't you, um, the next time you have a big fight with him, why don't you just call me and we'll pray together. Mm -hmm. And so she began to pray for me and she literally prayed me out of that relationship. And I was able to go to her house and stay with her, her and her husband for nine months until I could get on my feet again yeah. and get a job and, and get myself together. Mm -hmm. But you know, she never judged me. She never pushed me. She never spoke against him mm -hmm. because that would have immediately put me on the defensive yeah. about him, mm -hmm. you know, because I was in love with him. Mm. So she never did that. She just listened and just came alongside me as a support that way and just loved me unconditionally, really, yeah. until I was ready to really begin to see and my eyes began to really open to see that I was in a very dangerous situation. Yeah. And then when I began to realize that she helped me. 
Yeah, I think what's it's such a empowering insights there for for all of us in that often what we want to do is we want to step in, don't we? And I think um, in in that in, in instance, the fact that she was able to really just continue to be there as support for you and not speak negatively, even though I'm sure at times she just had to bite her her tongue. Because what often right. happens in those situations, what I'm told is that the abuser actually starts to isolate. Um, yes. the person then and therefore there's no one there in their community or their their support circle um, to be able to speak to and I think that that is just uh, what a friend what a friend I'm sure you just thank God for every single day oh that she I do was, I thank God she for was there day. I mean she really uh, literally saved my life yes yeah absolutely so if only we, we we hope and pray that we can be there for someone and be that uh a friend if someone that we know is experiencing that so let's talk about the dangers as you say of allowing bitterness and unforgiveness to remain in your life because you got out of the relationship and then you said it took quite some time to really go through that healing process what are some things that you did to really help you forgive and help you just um, really move forward from that well, I had a friend that was a psychologist and he had watched me go through this and he had pulled close to me too because he knew what was going on, mm -hmm. but he never said anything to me. Again, he just listened. Mm -hmm. He just was that support to listen for me to run to and talk to. And um, when I left, I said, I want to start going to, to uh, battered uh, women's shelters and teaching them the Bible so that this will never happen to another woman. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, Mimi, you can't do that yet. And I said, why? And he said, because you are a severely battered woman and you need counseling. Well, I had never thought of myself as a battered woman. I didn't have any bruises on me. I didn't have any blood. I didn't have, you know, but psychologically, he had just dismantled me psychologically. Mm -hmm. And so I was deeply wounded and I, and, and it just kind of, hit me when he said that, that I had not even realized that I needed help. And so I went into counseling and the Lord gave me a wonderful Christian counselor. And I think one of the best things that she ever told me to do was, she said, you begin to pray for him every day. And she said, don't pray that he gets run over by a train or something. <laughs> but not she that said, prayer. Pray. <laughs> right. But she said, pray for him to, to receive Christ, for God to bless him, mm. because we are commanded in the word to love those who hate us and mm. despitefully use us, be a blessing to him in prayer. And, and I said, well, that's so hypocritical. I don't feel like I want that to happen to him, you know, mm -hmm. the good stuff to happen to him. And she said, but when you begin to pray as an act of your will, she said, tell the Lord. You know, you're not hiding anything from God. Be honest with the Lord and say, I don't feel this, Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm praying this out of obedience, but I don't really feel this. And just pour your heart out and just say, you know, I'm going to pray that you bless him. And I'm going to pray that you open his eyes to truth. And I'm going to pray that he gets saved. But I don't really feel it. And she said, once you start doing that every day, your feelings will catch up with your mm -hmm. prayers. And your heart will begin to change. And she was so right because then I began to see him in a compassionate way where he is so trapped in his blindness and, and he's so 
captive in this bondage of fear in his own life that he can't go into a healthy relationship without ruining it with trying to control or manipulate. He feels like he has to control you or manipulate you or isolate you. And so he can't ever have a, happy, a healthy relationship the way he is. Mm. And he's so bound up in that, that he'll never find happiness or joy or peace in his life. Yeah. So God began to change my heart about him as I prayed for him. Mm -hmm. And then that began to start the healing in me so that I began to see that unforgiveness and bitterness were growing inside of me and, and I needed to get rid of them. And mm -hmm. then I was able to let go of that eventually. Yeah. Yes. But it was a daily, daily thing. It was a process. It took a long time for me to get there. Mm -hmm. But that praying for him every single day was the key that unlocked mm -hmm. it all, I think, for me. Oh, it's um, incredible that you should say that because I think, you know, we, as you said, you're not excusing or validating anything, uh, you know, any of those experiences. However, being able to see that in a different light and some of the reasons why, um, then I think that also empowers you because you said something earlier and I think many people who are, who are in abusive relationships uh, tend to blame themselves. What's wrong with me? Why is he reacting that way? That we realize yeah. it has absolutely nothing to do with us, um, right. our level of self-worth, who we are, what we do, all of that. It, it really stems only from who they are, the experiences yes. that they have had in, in life. And yes. um, it really reconfirms, I think, that none of us really can ever hope to be the answer or the prayer to helping someone heal. They have to go through that themselves, don't right. they? And that's, I think, in any right. relationship, two halves do not make a whole. Two wholes right. unite together. And I right. think that's uh, so, so important. And right. how did that impact your self-esteem then? Because that's part of the growth as you, you, you forgave and Absolutely. release that bitterness. How did God yes. speak into your self-esteem and confidence? Absolutely. And, and then I began, you know, on this journey, I was going deeper with God the whole time. And so I was studying the word and I was, I was learning how God sees me and getting a hold of those promises of what God says I am. Mm -hmm. I am his beloved. He is the lover of my soul. You know, he has made me and planned my days out before I was even born. Mm -hmm. And when you get a hold of those truths of how much God loves you, and he thinks about you more than the sand of the sea, that you begin to see that you do have value and you do have a purpose and that the devil has been lying to you through this relationship the whole time. Absolutely. And, you know, I just really feel that that was the healing for me is to get closer to God. That's why I wrote this book um, because I was teaching, teaching these lessons through Proverbs in a battered women's shelter. Yeah. And, um, and I was teaching through the book of Proverbs to help them to get the wisdom of God so that they can make wise decisions in their lives and build healthy relationships yeah. and, and begin to spot what is not a healthy relationship mm. before they get into it. Yes. And so I was using the book of Proverbs to do that. And they came to me, the ladies came to me one day and they said, this stuff is so anointed that more people need to have this information mm -hmm. and you need to get this published. 
I had no idea. I had never even dreamed of publishing this, mm -hmm. but I began to walk through the doors and God published this book. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this book that will help you get closer to God and build, build up on the promises that, of God's word that are sure and that are true. And so then once we get a hold of the truth, then we can sort out all the lies that we've listened to. Yeah, so, so important. And I think, you know, often as women, we, I mean, we are nurturers and we care for those that uh, we care about, obviously, and we want to, right. well, you know, fix them. You know, that that is what we yeah. want to do. We want to love them into a healthy relationship or whatever it is. Yet in, in circumstances, they need to, the other person, of course, needs to do that. And then what can happen when we throw everything at it and we're praying, about it and unfortunately it still um, doesn't it doesn't change then often what we can do is again we can feel that it's our fault we can feel shame blame you know guilt and all that and and I think and correct me if I'm wrong through strengthening your relationship with God through really un being uh, forgiving your him and the bitterness once you released that you realize that it was not your fault at all. And then the shame, the blame, all of the guilt, which we often carry around too. We throw off one one uh, negative emotion and pick up another lot of negative right. emotions. That that then dissipated as well, that you didn't feel that, because women, we can often do that too, can't we? We can feel guilty right. that we've terminated Well, we can help beat ourselves up. I mean, you know, <laughs> We, we, if, if he's not hitting us hard enough with the hammer, we'll say, well, here, give me that hammer and I'll yeah, help you. Yeah, you know, we can I bring mean, that to us. And we're bad about it. We really are. Mm. Um, you know, when, when something would go wrong in the relationship, he would always say, well, if you hadn't said that, or if you hadn't mm. done that, or if you hadn't smiled at him, you know, this, none of this would have ever happened, mm. you know, to blame it on me. And so I began to, you know, think, okay, I've got to get a handle on this and I've got to figure out what I'm doing th that makes him so mad. And then you become so obsessed with that, that you just lose your whole identity as a person, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because you're, you're afraid to say something funny because you're afraid he'll take it wrong. Yeah. yeah. So you begin to just chunks of your personality begin to fall off because you're afraid that whatever you say or do is going to set him off. Mm -hmm. So I think we are really bad about helping people beat up on us sometimes because the enemy gets a hold of us with the guilt and the shame and we begin to believe it after mm -hmm. it gets pounded into us so many times, we begin to believe that as, as our truth and it's not our truth. No. And that's why you know, getting close to God and letting him shine his light of truth into my heart began to open my eyes and he very gently did it. He didn't do it all of a sudden, but mm -hmm. he very gently began to show me all truth. And then I began to pray to him, please give me wisdom and show me all truth. Mm -hmm. And then he would show me more. So it was a journey of healing. It really was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, we have the same spirit inside of us that rose Jesus from the dead. Mm -hmm. That Holy Spirit has the power to heal our soul wounds. Mm -hmm. You know, our mind, will, and emotion is wounded. That's our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And that is so battered and so wounded when we're in one of these relationships that those wounds affect our whole perspective on how we see things, our attitude towards things, mm -hmm. the decisions we make, it affects every area of our life. And so we need that power of the Holy Spirit to heal those wounds 
so that we can make decisions from a healthy place in our life. Yeah. And, you know, so many of these women, they get out of these relationships and they think, well, if I can just find a job and they get all stirred up in this, I need a car, I need a job, I need money, I need a place to stay. And then they, they get all that together and then they fall back into another relationship that's horrible and it's and it's like a cycle cycle. because they've never taken the time to get healed from the lord Mm. the true healing of the the depths of their soul and that's what needs to happen yeah and it's so true isn't it if we are looking for validation and for love from someone else and our partner and that and we're you know yes we want that in in our partner but i think if we're looking for that to validate us, to really fill a gap, a hole, if, if you will, um, then God, God provides that. Jesus is the answer for yeah. that. And when we have that identity in him and who Christ says we are, right. um, then and have that self-love, not from an arrogant, prideful um, point of view, not at all, but one of confidence and that we know who we are and who God says we are, then we can right. fully give ourselves and vice versa we would want a partner a husband or a wife that uh, would give back look we have covered some very important um, topics today and sadly it's one that is becoming far more frequent uh, and we've just scratched the surface so what I'd love you to do Mimi is share with people how they can connect with you how they can get a copy of uh, your book what's the best way for them to do that Okay, well, Pearls, the Treasures of God's Presence is available on Amazon and also through Barnes and Nobles and um, Books a Million Mm. will order it for you if you need to get a copy of it. Fantastic. Um, My website, joyandhopeministry.com, is uh, that you can go to that website. You can see my testimony, my everything about me, everything about the book, testimonies about the book, and you can also email me through that website. Mm, fantastic. And of course, if someone is listening or viewing today and they are in a situation where they don't feel safe, please reach out to close friends, ones that you can trust. I'm sure there are resources. We can Google it, but then make sure that you empty off your um, your history or go to a place where you can start to research who that you can reach out to and get help immediately so that you can get yourself out of that situation and as you said Mimi make sure that you do keep close friends around you the um, because you don't want to become isolated because that cycle will just get worse and if it's happening now and, and right at the beginning thinking that oh it'll be better down the track if you've got a gut feeling and you've prayed and you've tried everything if that gut feeling will often be the the right feeling you'll want to do something about that so please uh, do that and of course we've learned a lot of insights Mimi from the point of view that if we know someone is going through that um, some things that we can do and be that friend um, that that friend was to you as well so may I Mm -hmm. say a word of prayer as we close the show definitely okay let's pray father thank you for the opportunity to speak with Mimi and Lord whilst we certainly would not have wanted her to go through that experience we just want to honor and thank you that um, through that experience she's been able to get closer to you has been really able to forgive and release the um, yeah just the bitterness around that 
and uh, been reminded of just how loved she is, her self-worth and who she is in Christ. Father, we just want to thank you for that. And now, of course, the work that she is doing in the lives of other women who are still going through that journey. Father, uh, we serve a, a loving, forgiving, amazing God. And so often the enemy through other people will, will try and tell us or lie to us and say that, you know, we are unworthy. And um, yeah, so we just want to pray if someone is listening today or watching or if we know someone who's experiencing that, that we draw, drop to our knees and we just ask, for you to intervene, for the Holy Spirit to intervene, to surround us with people who know um, what to do in this situation and that hope uh, and help, for sure, is, is there to support that person in going through that. And if someone has gone through and ended a relationship, Father, if they're struggling with their identity, Father, will you just uh, draw close to them, um, let them experience how much they are loved, and, um, yes. and that they are forgiven and that when they go through the journey of healing, they too will realize that uh, they've got incredible gifts and talents and a story that they can then go on and, and share with others, Father. We just want to ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming on the show. This is a topic that, you. you know, I think, it, as I said, it, it really is happening. And sometimes when we don't know what to do, we kind of then want to, okay, well, I don't really want to talk about it. But I think it's important to educate and to empower others with information that yeah. they too can have a choice. But knowing without a shadow of a doubt that there is no shame, there is no blame, and there is healing on the other side. And, of course, we, yeah. as I said, we serve an incredible God for whom nothing is impossible and with his help um, and drawing close to him we can experience peace and true love uh, on the other end of uh, that journey so thank you for you know for speaking up and and speaking out and being that light of hope and possibility yeah. for other women thank you for this opportunity i really appreciate it you've been listening to the christian entrepreneurs podcast Brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklists to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.